Hey, everybody, it's Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central, and you know exactly what that means. That means it is time for Outside the Box. So let's get started. Let's bring on Pastor Man and Q. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good evening. Doing well. All right. So um, I am really excited about having this conversation tonight because I think this conversation is uh, really important to have, uh, given kind of the state of where we see uh, everything right now. And I just want to have a real honest conversation about where we are as a nation where we are as Americans, uh, ideally, and just have some real, uh, I guess, honest conversation about it. And so let's kind of jump right into it. Um, look, we just finished an historic election where over 143, 145 million people voted. 145 million people. That's more people than ever voted before in any election. And to the extent that the 75 for one candidate and the 70 for the other candidate still was more people than have ever voted before. But I want to start just by you, you guys seeing the title. We talked about what the title of this show is that we're talking about the great divide. And so what I really want to maybe just kind of start off from a conversational perspective is why is there this divide? When you, in, in I guess real practical terms, it's such a great divide and it's divided along two lines in my mind. It's divided along the lines of politics, but more than that, this uh, it's divided along the lines of Christianity. Um, and I guess then if, I, if I'm gonna be fair, it's also divided, I guess, thirdly, along the lines of race. So we have politics, we have Christianity, we have race, and this gap that separates all of those things is so large. So Pastor Man, I kind of want to start with you. Uh, how, how, why does this divide exist? Really, I mean, how does this divide exist? Why does it exist? Uh, Dr. Bright, thank you again for having me. Uh, Brother Q, pleasure to, uh, to finally be on the show with you. I've seen your questions before, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be on the show with you. Let me, let me say, uh, you're right, the divide is, is, a, is a trichotomy. It is politics, religion, race. Uh -huh. um, it is because of supremacist mindset, supremacist attitudes that have caused the shift, uh, that supremacist mindset, supremacist attitude has been in America since its inception, since before its inception. Here's the difference. The generation we are in now, those of us who are uh, 
hitting 50, over 50, uh, close to 50. Uh, we're not our grandparents. We're, okay. not, we're not acquiescent to certain norms of supremacy that has been uh, throughout the, the nation. So we push back and they retreat into what's cultural, what's tribal uh, for them. And so it is at the heart and I'm, I'm a stop. So brother Q can, uh, can, uh, uh, can, can lend, can lend his, his mind to it. But at, at its, at its core, the religious, the Christianity aspect is when they don't see us in the Imago Dei, the image of God, when they don't see that we were made in, this, in the image of God, then there is a feeling of we are less than. And generate, it's a, it's a learned behavior, but that behavior has been taught generation to generation to generation. And I, think, I think that's a very interesting because I'll be honest, I don't know that I've heard it like that before in that it's a mindset that says we don't look like them and them being the uh, the other side of the divide, if you will, race, Christian, mm -hmm. uh, color. I mean, race, Christian and uh, color, race. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I think that's an interesting concept because I would venture to ask somebody who would be on the other side of the debate or the divide as I, why can't who I serve as God and you serve as God be the same God? So Q, you are a little younger, obviously, um, than uh, yeah, Pastor Man. You don't have, you don't have I, this. I got the gray, Pastor you Man. Gray. I, I don't see no gray in you unless you just for men in it. <laughs> now, don't don't try to find a speck of gray. Don't. No, it's there. You, you, it's, it's patched there. It's there. I mean, but from but if you can't see it, I'm I'm okay with that. From too. a younger kind of pool of people. Has has this divide been prevalent and visible in your lifetime prior to, let's say, eight and four, 12 years ago? No. Um, and there's so much I want to say, but I want to try to zero it down so I'm not jumping all over the place. When you ask the question, why the divide or where it comes from. There's so many different directions you can, you can uh, point to, but I, I'd be all over the place trying to point to 20 different things. Um, just trying to narrow it down. Um, ask me the question one more time so I can give you a direct answer. Have you seen the divide that seriously exists right now uh, ha has that been your reality? Twelve was that your reality twelve years ago, or do you see this divide as something more recent than that? 
I see it more clearly than I've seen uh, in past years. Um, now, I, I was never under the assumption that it didn't exist or that it wasn't there. Um, but to answer your question, sometimes you don't realize what, what, what's the name of the topic today? The Great Divide. Yes. You didn't realize how great the divide was until now. Um, and now you see it's not just a divide. It's a great divide. Um, and so what I'm <laughs> yeah. and what I'm thankful for is um, the light uncovering mm. the truth um, there. You, the, I, I could have been going um, for years and years and years thinking that I'm on the same page with other people, other believers, other people who say they believe the same thing as me, not realizing that. When I say I love God and you say you love God, that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. Um, so it, that's one of those things to get back heart, to. The, but at the heart, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Q, no, you're fine. At, but at the heart of relationship with God, how can that be different? God, first of all, OK, let me answer. First of all, any any way that you form an opinion or a thought or it's impossible for anyone to know God in. in um his fullness. And I say his just for the sake of this conversation. Um, and that even that to use those type of pronouns is even still that shows a limiting of God in itself. I don't want to go that far into it. But what I will say is. Anything that you think, you know, about God, a lot of it is formed around what's being presented to you. So you can only um, know God. Up to a certain level based upon your information, what's given to you, what you've learned, um, what you acknowledge and how far you choose to acknowledge God in, in being in everything and all things. Some people make the God small for them. Some people make it big. I don't want to go that far into that. But what I, I will say is how God is presented to us is different with us than it is other races. I've gone to a church and I've attended churches of different races. The sermons ain't the same. It's it's the, <laughs> what we preach and teach about and talk about in our everyday affairs. Um, if a black preacher went to a white church and tried to talk about the black issues and the black plights and the everyday things that that's an issue for us, a lot of white people get lost in that because the things that are everyday um, things that we are concerned about are not even concerns for them. So okay, they, they will get lost in the conversation. But Pastor Man, piggybacking off of what Q is saying, mm -hmm. but if we're preaching the Bible, would that not be consistent whether you were in a black church or a white church? It should be. Uh, the problem is the hermeneutics is different. Tation the base of understanding is different. Um, you're you're breaking my back. You're breaking up. You're, I yeah, think you're I breaking froze up. up. It's choppy to me a little too. Okay. Yeah, am I am I good now? Am I good? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Am I good? Okay. Yes, sir. Um, I think so. It's it is the hermeneutics, um, the interpretation of scripture. Uh, I give you a perfect example. Uh, in slavery, recently they found a Bible uh, from a slave quarters uh, and opened the Bible. And every instance of liberation, every instance of freedom, every instance of, of 
you being your own whom God made you was torn out of that Bible because uh, slave masters taught uh, uh, they focused on the, the, the mention of slavery and slave being a slave to God. And they equated it uh, being a slave to God to being a slave to them. Again, it's the it's the supremacist mindset. So their hermeneutic is is of such that they read the same Bible, but they 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 take from it. You know, you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. Uh, mm -hmm. That does not mean it's what the writer intended it intended for the scripture to say. So it's sad. It's almost wicked that we can read the same text and you can get that I'm I'm less than. It's wicked, but it's the based on their hermeneutic. It's based on their culture. They're shaping what scripture says to fit a supremacist culture. Um, so wherein wherein we read scripture. Uh, we can go to a uh, uh, you can go to a white church as a black preacher. Again, I'm sorry. Uh, I preached at um, a white church. And I was myself. Because now, did it go over well? Probably not as well as it would at my church. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be me because I'm, I've, I've learned never subjugate what God called you to be, to make others feel good about themselves. And, and I, think, I think those black preachers who operate uh, uh, feel like they have to do that. So, so let, me tell, let, me, let, me, let me kind of start driving this in a direction. I put, um, I put up a post and in my mind, it was, an apolitical post. It was not a pro-Democrat, nor was it an anti-Republican post. My post was what I thought to be apolitical. I'm going to read to you what the post said. This happened. It is. <laughs> <laughs> this happened uh, on November 5th uh, when President of the United States uh, got up to address the nation, and my post says. It is incredibly irresponsible as the president of the United States to get on national television and lie and do so at the White House, to also stoke the flames of racism in Pennsylvania and Georgia is disgusting and disappointing. Damn shame. From that posting that I, I made, I had folks come on and say to me, Couple things. First, I had folks say, well, I didn't hear a lie. And I thought, that's pretty amazing. Another person uh, got on and was, uh, and, and, and that, was, that was polite, but uh, 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 another person got on and basically started to, uh, I, I guess, punch me out of curiosity, what's the lie? Where did the uh, flames come? So I explained what the lie was. The lie was that the- he opened his mouth. That's what the lie was. <laughs> that Georgia was not 
Georgia elections are not being ran by a Democrat. They're being ran by a Republican. I, I bring it up. Uh, bottom and somebody else wrote bottom line it's safe for someone to vote it's all safe if it's safe for one person to vote it's safe for everyone's to vote they're trying to steal the election and i go that's not even what the post was about but it brought into context i think um uh kind of where i'm going with this is is that how is it possible and i asked this before so i'm asking it again how is it possible that we can sit and hear the exact same message and then have to point out what the lie is as if it was inconspicuous? Can I ask you a question, Dr. Bright? Yes. Ask me a question. Do you believe them? Like, do you? Because it has to come to a point somewhere to where do you believe that they actually believe what they're saying to you yes, or do. do you believe that they just full of it and they trying to redirect no okay. no i 100% believe that they believe man do you believe this is this is the most cultish group of americans i've seen i'm 48 i do remember jim jones in Guyana. This is the most cultish um, uh, relationship between leader and followers that we've seen since Jim Jones. They believe it. Remember, the since the beginning of Trump's administration, and I'm not even going back to the election of 2016. Let's talk about since he got in office, 20, January 2017. The day after the inauguration, what did he send Sean Spicer out to the podium in the Brady press room behind the podium at the Brady press room? He said, this is the largest inauguration crowd in history, in history. Period. period, period. Mind you, there are pictures up that shows his inauguration this size, Barack Obama's inauguration that size. Yet, his rabid base believes every single word. Here is why. And, and I, I, I'm not being demeaning to them, uh, but it's true. Trump's base is our low information. They do not read on their own. They do not research <laughs> on their own. Because it's fake news, Lance. As, Everything, everything Fox News says, they believe it. Everything comes out of Donald Trump's mouth, they believe it. They believe it. This is uh, cute. They believe it, man. They so believe it. You, do they? Do I believe that they believe it? My answer is a resounding yes. I absolutely <laughs> do believe. And you scratch your head. No, 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 no. I believe you. I, I believe also. So my question is to oh, yeah, it's, it's, you, it's, as, it's, you as Christians. It, yeah, yeah, let yeah, me yeah. ask this a question. You as Christians, if it's not of ill intent, if it's basically you're saying that they're brainwashed, and if a person is brainwashed, can you take it personally that they just are not able to see it? And if that's the case, how do you reconcile another Christian brother who just doesn't see the light? If you're talking about someone from evangelical, from a Christian perspective, how can you 
love on these people when they just don't know no better. I'm I'm asking a question. I'm just I, I, I do not believe they don't know any better. I believe they choose not to know any better. There's a difference. Uh, give you an example. I had an argument on Twitter today with one of with the one black person on staff with John MacArthur. His name, uh, his last name is Harrison, uh, and he literally. Uh, he said, and, and I can go back through my Twitter and, and find it. Uh, I'm not going to do it. But he he said in a nutshell that uh, those who voted for Biden are delusional, that you are looking in the mirror and you're, you're less than as, as a Christian. And I basically said to him, wow, man, you're really describing yourself. And I call it and I told him what he had. He had a severe case of what I call Stockholm syndrome. And we all know what Stockholm syndrome is. He he Stockholm syndrome for, for, for your viewers is when the oppressed identifies so much with their oppressor, they begin to think and believe what the oppressor thinks and believes. And so to answer your question, Q, the reason they so, somebody that looks like me who, who operates in an evangelical space, yet they they uh they parrot what the evangelicals say is because they they look in the mirror and they hate what they see they get around i'm brother they look and they despise what they see and they want to be what they desire to identify stock it's classic stockholm syndrome so yeah that it's 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 not a brain it's a brainwashing as such but i think it's 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 i think that's putting too much of a label on it. I think it's more, it's more cognitive dissonance. They've chosen that. That I go with. Uh, at first, I was agreeing with this concept of brainwashing, but I think that's exactly what it is. It's cognitive dissonance. That's exactly what it is. So, so here's the question, kind of. Then here's the question. <laughs> um, we have seen. Franklin Graham offering to pray for grieving uh, voters of uh, <coughs> Trump. We have Paula White calling on African angels. Uh, we have Brian Karn, who prophesied that Trump was going to win. And then when uh, Trump did not win, uh, and when he saw that it was not going that way, he had all of a sudden had a dream. And what he saw was Biden in the White House. So he started walking back this prophecy. So let so so you got you you got these up front out there Bible teachers, Bible believers, God preaching folks. And they think everybody who voted in the 75 million bracket is somehow either unsaved, no relationship with God, delusional, crazy. And I go, wow. Q, you had a look on your face. Tell me what you yeah, think. Well, my first look was anybody who's still listening to Brian Carr and prophesy <laughs> anything, shame on you. If you ain't learned by now, then that's you. Had, you haven't checked up on your history with him. Um, you that's, that, that was 
look on he hasn't head. been wrong he hasn't been right since he said lebron james wasn't going to win in 2016 that god told him lebron james wasn't going to win the championship over the so that, but that brings me to my that brings me to my point has paula white brian karn uh franklin graham have these people have they prayed I mean, has God really spoken to them these things that they are saying? And if not, why are they saying God said? He couldn't have, number one, because they were wrong. So that tells it on itself. And then number two, the, my, this is what I want people to pay attention to. Even when you have these seers and people saying this, what is the purpose of why did God feel the need to tell them this? What was the warning that was needed for his people to know who was going to be president or who was going to all this other Because stuff? they would eventually know anyway. Exactly. So what, what was it that God needed to tell to his people in order to prepare them or warn them? So it's like, so God ain't just giving you prophecies just so you can say, oh, look at me. I, I told you so. It has to be from some for, for some type of warning or some type of preparation for people. And that's just not the case. So these people doing that, it makes no sense to me. Um, and then I guess I don't, I don't you can redirect me back. But my whole issue with that is when is the church as a whole going to speak against and boycott these people? Paula Jones has made her living off of black people. And now she turns around and does this. A lot of these other preachers, they they use <laughs> the black voice and black re, uh, reaffirmation to get them to where they are. Are number one is black people. Are we going to boycott these people? And and the same issue that I have with law enforcement when they talk about one bad apple spoils the bunch. I need all of the other apples to speak against this bad apple. So my whole thing is, are these other pre especially see? Because I can laugh about a, a lot but of this stuff. No white but you turn, there's you turn no around evangelicals, Q, who have come out and said, "Franklin, what are you talking about? Paula, what are you talking about? None. They won't. Exactly. But they that, won't. That's a deeper issue right there. So if they're not speaking they against won't. it, what type of apple are you? That that goes into my question. What type of apple are you? And then it further goes. I have more questions on should should we as a people start uh boycotting these churches altogether if you're not going to speak against it then you you're not telling me what side you on and i don't know no, which no, no. i don't know if i can they partner are. with you in anything anybody who does not speak against it has told you what side they're on and if we continue to flock to these voices that don't condemn the foolishness then we become complicit and I'm not talking about whether or not you are a Democrat or Republican. I'm talking about the foolishness. Why? Oh, so let me ask, because here's the question. Had Joe Biden lost, would Franklin Graham be praying for grieving Biden supporters? I think not. Nope. Because... Had Joe Biden lost or was, in, uh, was losing as bad, would Paula have been calling on African angels? I think not. Had Joe Biden been losing, would Brian Karn, well, hell, who knows what Brian Karn would say because he's a nutcase, but would he be up there changing his prophecy? Of course not. So this is endemic of this divide. I'm not talking about what side of the political spectrum you're on. I'm talking about this is the divide. How is it possible? 
Roy, you yeah, I have the answer Roy, that, but go Roy, ahead, Pastor. Roy, you cannot separate, you cannot separate the Christian from the politics here in this context. Here's why. White evangelicals staked a claim. They took a side. They literally said, if you don't vote Republican, you are not a believer of Jesus Christ. That is true. You're right. So they, right. they, they've taken a stake. Paula White, first of all, she is a pro, she's, she, 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 she lives in the prosperity world. I'm old enough to remember. That's where I'm going, but go ahead. When, when evangelicals shunned Paula White. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. old enough to remember that. Paula Me White too. got Me new too. destiny when when Zachary Timms died she, in the she, hotel room yeah. in New York, she stole it from she her, stole, her wife. She stole it from his she wife. She stole it from Absolutely. Reba Timms. Now, uh, I, I have two grown sons that were members of New Destiny uh, under Zachary Timms. Um, so I, I, I know what happened. Uh, my two sons live in Orlando. I know what happened. Uh, so that's the first thing. When she became Trump's spiritual advisor, now she's welcoming open arms with the evangelicals. Why? Because here it is. They have sold out Christ for power. They have sold out Christ for power. Al Mohler, the president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kentucky, stood up in 2016, sitting at a day, on a dais with John MacArthur. They both claim that any Christian, any evangelical who runs and supports Donald Trump, he's amoral. He has low moral. Then we no longer can talk about morals. Fast forward four years later, both of them stand up and say that if you're not a, a follower or supporter of Trump, then you're not a Christian. Listen, they are, it is a cult. They become an occult and they're showing the world that they'll choose power over Jesus anytime. They are Pharisees. They're Pharisees. And I don't have no problems. And, and you know, but you brought in the point, it, it, it's that other part. It's not just power, Pastor. It's also money. Money. Money equals power. Mo and money equals power. And so that, that power dynamic, that money dynamic, and so this kind of brings me. So if it's Q said he had an answer. Q said he had an answer. I want to hear. No, you, you, no, no, no. You, yeah, you, you, you kind of touched it when you talking about being in a. It's that's it. You use you, you right on it. Especially you talking about power. I'm more capitalistic society, and when you're doing that, it's about power and pleasing the people that continue to fund your lifestyle. So, so if these people, okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. You fine? I thought you were. Uh, here, here's here's something else that I want to ask uh, and, and talk about because um, th this political thing, which you know, a past man put me on the right track. He 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 corrected me. I was trying to make it not about. Republican and Democrat, just about church, but it, it's all in the mingle. But here's the thing that gets me. How does a black person, a Latino, Hispanic person, support someone 
who has done nothing but degradate, degrade, and then fly this banner of, but it's the better of the two torches because a vote for Biden is a vote for pro-abortion, pro-gay marriage, pro uh, all of this. It's a rejection of the biblical standard of what marriage is. It's a and, and so I don't understand. And I, I, maybe it's what Pastor Man said. It's because they, it's the Stockholm. They despise who they see in the mirror. I, I, I guess I've answered my own question. So I, I, I won't even finish that. Well, 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 well what's what's told right. to you is whatever is presented to you. See, and 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 I, I think in so many cases, your preacher, your pastor, the one who teaches you paints you the picture of heaven, they paint you the picture of hell. Not okay. only do they paint these pictures, they also give you the pathway <laughs> to heaven or they will show you or tell you what the pathway is to hell as well. Uh, and a lot of it, so much of it is works based and also conforming to um, the doctrine of that teacher. So if you're, if the main person and, and use, um, Hispanics, primarily a lot of them being Catholic, and they tell you what's an unforgivable sin, and if you know you're going to go to hell if you don't do. In your mind, that sin is going to be bigger than anything else, and so we've learned to play big sin, little sin. And if someone tells you abortion is the pro life or abortion is the prevailing uh, uh, issue Faith, over all o- over over yeah. all other things, it doesn't matter what else is going on or what that person does. You're only focused on that one thing. And you think you have to be, and you think for me to take up for this, I'm on the side of right. And anybody who's against that, they're on the side of wrong. And they don't. And, and listen, and I, I'll let you jump. It ain't just in, in that instance. It ain't just Republicans. It ain't just, I can show you Christians of all colors. I can sh- forget about Christians. I can show you people of all religions. Um, when they have a set belief system, they will um, focus zero in on, on certain things and they'll ignore everything else around because they've been told what's the most important thing. But Q, I'm, I, I, I call myself Christian. I don't agree with abortion, but that's not, but that doesn't define whatever else is also important. That's it doesn't matter. That's what everybody else, as long as everybody else says that, that's what it, see, I, I consider myself a Christian, but unlike a lot of people, I am not a person who I'm a person who I don't mind saying, I don't know. So if someone else says they have the way to heaven, I'm like, Hey, look, that, that could be now there's other Christians who will say, no, if you don't tell these people that they're going to hell, even though I said I believe and I confessed and believe, it's not a, it's just not enough for me to believe it. But if I don't go out and present myself and witness to others in the same way that they are taught that they should, then I'm not actually a Christian either. That, so that, it's, it's just the way things are presented. Pastor Man, this this you brought up. Let's let's deal with this abortion. Okay, you brought up abortion. Um, that is the singular issue of evangelicals that is a singular issue i've had conversations with them well where they will um they will look to have nuance 
with racism, nuance with sexism, nuance with keeping kids in cages at the border, but there is no nuance with abortion. And my reply to them is, my reply to them is racism. First of all, the Bible never mentions the word abortion. The Bible doesn't even, even hint at the word abortion. It talks about murder. Bible talks about murder as a sin. Okay, if abortion is murder, I'm against abortion personally, but I also do not believe it is my right to tell a woman what to do. That's between her and God. I Um, have the same belief. And if abortion is murder, then why isn't racism looked at the same way? Racism begets murder. And they'll say, no, it doesn't. Okay. What about what happened during the Middle Passage? Was that racism? Of course it was. It don't don't matter. How much murder happened during the Middle Passage? How much murder happened during slavery? How much murder happened during Reconstruction? How much murder happened during Jim Crow? How much murder happened during the Civil Rights Movement? How much murder is happening now where police are gunning us down in the street, shooting us in our living rooms, shooting us, coming into our apartments and killing us in our apartments and then saying that they thought it was their apartment. It, it's, they don't believe, they. it's a nuance with them. And so to them, racism may be bad, but it ain't really a sin. It, it's, it's, it's the, as Q said, it's the degrees of sin. I don't, if the Republicans Bible. spoke out against racism, then yes, racism would then become a problem. Oh, they but won't. Since, yeah, uh, if they did, won't. then you know everyone why? jump on suit. You know why they won't? Who are their biggest voter block? Evangelicals. White, white oh, <laughs> evangelicals. White men, white evangelicals are the biggest voting block for the Republican Party. And because they don't want to accept the fact that racism is a sin, the Republican Party is not going to say anything. Why you? Th- that's why. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm not mean to talk too much, but that's why uh, Trump refuses to accept the results of the election, and the Republican Party are parroting and and mimicking Trump, saying we don't uh, accept the results either. It's not because they believe what Trump believed. No. The reason is because they need to get reelected in two years. But here's the here's the here's the and funny they, thing. They, they want Trump's voters to not. But, here, but here's the funny thing: the same people who are saying that the votes are invalid, and I saw this on, on a post on Facebook. The same people who are saying that the votes are invalid, y'all were on the same ticket, and y'all won re-election. So I, how is the vote <laughs> invalid for Joe Biden? But it's valid for you, and you were on the same voting ticket. And if the Democrats was going to steal an election, why would they steal it to get rid of Trump but keep Lindsey Graham, keep Mitch McConnell, keep Don Cornyn, keep... Pick one. It doesn't matter. We don't have to listen to that from you. If you if you support Biden or Democrats, then that means you also support abortion. That means you're the devil. You are of opposition. And now I don't have to listen to anything that you say. It don't matter and if you make sense. How they can rationalize because here's what 
Here's what right. uh, kind of my next question is, and this has been great conversation, great dialogue, and 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 people listen. If you have questions, go ahead on and ask them. Uh, but I, I have a couple of ask questions. You. Ask you. Uh, Don't ask me. <laughs> ask you. Yeah. Be careful. I, I'm trying to be nice. So, what made Donald Trump the favorite, though, of evangelicals? Was it his money or his color? Well, it can't be his nothing. Problem. Nothing. He spoke, he spoke that language. Dude, since the end of the civil rights movement, racism has been overt, covert, covert. It's been, it's been hidden. Donald Trump made it okay, made it nouveau, made it fashionable, made it acceptable for racism to be wide open. And now here are closet bigots who worked with black people and smiled and said, oh, come to my barbecue and come uh, come hang out with us. He made them acceptable now that they can just be themselves. They can be themselves. There is no need to hide. Wow. There's no need to I be in the shadows. Yeah. We can come, we can come out. I don't even but go other that, than that I think it's, it's, it goes back to y'all, it's, it's brainwashing. And what, mm. what we've understood is that Republicans have a different level of loyalty that most of us just don't. In a political arena, we are not, um, we don't know how to, that type of loyalty we just don't have. So my whole thing is, if, if you can say what you want to, if Donald Trump, if he would have came on the scene and um, came on as an independent, wouldn't go anywhere. He just he wouldn't go anywhere. It'd be a few people talking, laughing, and he'd be entertaining, but he wouldn't be the president right now because he got on the ticket with that party. Um, now so those what the party you get, the, you get the crazy extremists who like what he's saying, and then you get a large portion of people who are ride or die with that party no matter what. And that's what they were. If he wasn't if he wasn't with the Republicans, then they wouldn't they wouldn't a large portion of people wouldn't ride with him. He already said, and, and Pastor, I'm gonna let you say this, but he already said if he were to ever run for president, he would do it as a Republican because they're stupid enough to believe anything he said. He said that. Here's That's what not fake know. news. He said that. Here's what Here's you need to know. About, here's what you know about me. Uh, I'm not a Texan. I am I've only been in Texas eight years. I'm a, I'm originally you're from a, you're a New York person, ain't you? New Jersey. New, New Jersey. Jersey. Okay. I'm originally from Newark, New Jersey. And Growing up in Newark, New Jersey, uh, Angela, I see your question, and I promise you I'm going to answer that. I promise you I got the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> Newark, New Jersey, I know Donald Trump. I've known him. I don't know him personally, but I, I, I've, I've known him since the Central Park Five uh, is when I first came to know who Donald Trump was and all, all throughout his racist history. But please be clear. Donald Trump was a Democrat up until he decided to run for president. He he was one of the biggest donors of Bill Clinton. Uh, he was one of the biggest donors of Hillary Clinton when she ran for the Senate in New York. He, he was a big Democratic donor. Then the ascension of Barack Obama, he sees a vacuum in the Republican Party. And he says, huh, I can now speak to them how I feel, what's in me, they'll accept it. That's why he never ran for the Democratic, that's why. Now, Angela, 
You want to read that question? Because I got the answer. Uh, why did a lot of African-American men vote for Trump? Here's why. Uh, African-American men since slavery has been emasculated. We've been emasculated um, so much so. We, we were taken out of our, separated from families. We were taken away from our families. Our wives saw us whipped and beaten and made to uh, slave in the fields. We were considered less than, we had to sit there and watch our women be raped, our daughters be raped and couldn't do nothing about it. And so we were emasculated. Women see that, black women see that and said, you know, what, where, where's my protector? Where, so there's a, an, a, an innate, uh, uh, inherent um, um, a bitterness toward black women uh, that's, that's been systematically passed down through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so what happens is black men can't find, and I'm not talking about all black men, uh, uh, black men, I'm looking at two black men and I can count for myself that, uh, <laughs> uh, but they, they, they want, they desire to be a strong man. Who they identify as being a strong man? That white master, that white boss. And so they identify with them, see how they operate in their home space and come home and try to operate in that home space. Not the same, not the same. And so because they identify with, with boss, master, different degrees, different stages of culture, they run to want to be like that and they, and they shift and they, it goes back to the Stockholm syndrome. They, they see what they want to be. They look in a mirror and hate what they see. And so they identify with that. That's just, that's just my belief from a historical. And furthermore, I, I, even what you're talking about is not what's presented. And I, I can't wait to see the actual demographics that come out. Cause I look at these things. Um, sure. Sure. And when, just because they run Lil Wayne and you see Paris Denard and the, the twins and all that, that, that's that's not a representation of black men. So just because you look on certain news and they say, oh, look at him, look at him, look at him. I guarantee you <laughs> I, I would if I was a betting man, I put money that still nine out of every 10 black men did not vote for Donald Trump. So even when you're and, and you get that a lot of times and sometimes we just don't see the numbers. But when something is such an anomaly it stands out more than the average. Just like there was this a myth going on a long time ago, and I'm not hating on anybody, so uh, please understand sure. what I'm saying. But it sure. was it was said uh, there was starting to be this language that black men only want to date outside of their race. Black men only want to date white women, and they only want to date someone else. They don't believe in dating black black women. And sure. when you looked at the statistics, ninety percent of black men are with a black woman. So you're looking at the anomaly. You're looking at things that stand out a certain type of way. And the reality is, it's just not true. You you just see the the exception to the norm, and that's what that's I I I'll be very interested to see um, once the demographics come out. You not I guarantee you won't be anywhere close to fifty to sixty percent of people of black men voting for Donald Trump. Is is well, I can well, guarantee you that's not that's the case. Part of that is the data is wrong. The data is skewed. They take exit polls from same day voting, which does not take into account 
the millions of early voters, the millions of mail-in voters. You didn't do an exit poll with them. So you take 18, you know, they say 18% of black men. I doubt 18% of black men. And to see Lil Wayne, Kanye, uh, 50 Cent, Ice Cube. Oh, I got a whole conversation for that. We don't have time for that. Uh, but I don't have a problem uh, with Ice Cube. I'm good with Ice Cube. Go here. My problem isn't with him wanting to talk to better black people and better the community. My problem is the vehicle you choose to go talk to. Tell me at any point on anything that this man deliver. Everything for the last four years. In two weeks, I'll come up with a plan. I'll have my plan in two weeks. That's been four years ago. Healthcare, four years ago. Uh, he said, I'm going to do something for the black community. I'm going to put some money. So what did he do? At the end of the election, he tried to funnel money into black black community. It's a smoke screen. I didn't have a problem with him wanting that. Donald Trump, here's my thing. Here's my thing, uh, Bishop. Here's my thing. If Donald Trump really cared about this platinum plan in the black community, he'd do it now. That is he'd correct. do it now. He'd you do, are it, correct. do it now. Mm-hmm. He'd you do it right correct. now. So, so here I'm going to shift one more time because I'm still talking about the great divide, but now I want to do it in a different way. Why is the wearing of masks? And I'll start with you, Q. Why is the wearing of masks a black versus white thing, a Republican versus Democrat thing? How did a mask become politicized? Your leader told you that you don't need to wear masks. As simple as that. I, I guess it was pretty simple then. Not not a whole lot of discussion there. He catches. He says, "Don't wear a mask." He catches COVID. Everybody in the White House. Let me tell you, I don't believe he actually had COVID. If he just walked. I don't know. He yeah. He got that thirty-six hour. Yeah. COVID. No, I don't believe he, I believe he actually believe had. It. He just has access. He became. He became. He became a guinea pig. He allowed himself to become a guinea pig. He had access to placebo. He had access to the, the uh, therapeutics that were not. I don't even been. think he a guinea pig, though. I think they know for a fact that that stuff works. They just trying to find a way how they can monetize it as they pres- give it to the rest of the world. It ain't he a guinea not. pig. It wasn't no test. They know they know what works and they know what question. That may be real quick. That's an interesting perspective, Q. You may be right. I, I, Got all my questions answered. I can't. I can't dispute that. I mean, I can't say yeah or nay because with him, I can't. So, okay, hold anything. on. Let me back up then. Since I mean, you you take it where you want to, Doctor Bright. But my, I, I'm really interested on as pastors, ministers, men of God, with this information. Now that you see how great the divide is, how do you mend? You know, are you going to attempt to mend fences with other um, brothers and sisters that share the pulpit with you? And you you see that um, they are not in a line with God the same way that you see. How I'm 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 interested. I, in I, 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 I want to start. Like I'm going to start off answering that question because I think it's a great question. I have I have been trying to have these conversations uh, not in such. Uh, a public, uh, you know, on, on my show, uh, but, you know, in private talking to people and that great divide, it's not theoretical. It's real. We can't even start with a basis of commonality 
to move the conversation forward because there is this unrealism, this foolery that won't even let us start on a plane for which to have the conversation. And so you ask, do I desire to, to mend this gap? Sure, who wants to live in a world that it is so nasty, but folks on one end won't even have a realistic conversation with folks on another end, because as soon as we start trying to find the common ground, it becomes fake news, it's a lie, that never happened, and I'm going, it's right there. Let's at, let's at least agree that this was said we can. So you, you're asking, can, can it happen? I, I don't know the realism because what Pastor Mann said is true, is that Trump has allowed the closet racist to be comfortable being racist out loud. And now that that beast is out, I don't know that there's a way to uh, put it back in the shell. I, I'm gonna. I'm from a different slant to uh, than Dr. Bright. Um, <laughs> I I don't. It's not my place to mend the relationship or to mend the divide. I didn't break it. I didn't break it. I shouldn't have to be the one to always try to mend it. You told me that if I didn't support Trump, I wasn't a believer. That's a lie. You told me that if I support Biden, I'm a supporter of abortion. That's a lie. You told me that you don't that all lives matter. That's a lie. So because of that, it's not a, it's not incumbent upon me to mend the fences. It's incumbent upon them. Well, not mend fences, but let's say if you know more, do you feel that you have a greater responsibility to? educate to reach your hand out even when other people don't see the need to do that i, I share it uh okay. i have a very active twitter account i do more of my fussing uh, <laughs> on twitter than i do on facebook and i do my best to try to educate um um educate i had an, a conversation with an event white evangelical today on twitter where uh Another one jumped on and said, are you talking about, I'll give you an example, uh, Dwight McKissick out of Arlington, uh, pastors a great church out of Arlington, Texas. Uh, he, he laid out the formation or the reason behind the formation of the black church. And some white evangelical jumped on and, and said to him, you need to go back and study church history. And so I jumped on him and I said, see, that's the problem. The problem is white people always trying to tell me what created me or what created my space or what was the cause of my space. I said the reason for the black church is because there was a European white nationalistic American eventually form of Christianity that made Jesus this blonde haired, blue eyed white man. When Jesus's complexion, if you just read the Bible, we talked about it earlier. If you just read the Bible, the scripture said he had hair like lamb's wool. He had feet like polished bronze. He had eyes like balls of fire. That don't look like no white man to me. And so because of that, 
They have this set European uh, Eurocentric white nationalistic version of Christianity and they are trying to impose it on me saying because I don't believe in that because that's not in scripture then I'm wrong. So if I'm wrong when I know I'm not it's not incumbent upon me to, to, to reach out. I'll educate them. Uh, there's old saying my job as a preacher Q in Bishop, you can you can uh you can co-sign it. Our job is a preacher. We're mailmen. We deliver the mail. I, I can't make you read the mail. Can I ask I mean, one? I, I I'm, I'm dying to ask one more question. If you okay, don't mind, no, no, Dr. Bright, I'm sorry. This will be the last question. Go I'm dying ahead. to ask one more question. Mm -hmm. Come on. So when when I see brainwashed people who have blind spots um and they just don't see it and get it, what that the way my mind works is. I have to turn around and ask myself, I don't ever want to be like that person or am I actually just like that person in other areas? So my question to you is, um, as uh, you can uh, you can answer individually or just as the black church as a whole, what are blind spots that we have when it comes to a great divide and things that we do not see or that we just we are not we don't comprehend things the way that we should it might not be a racist thing we may see it because we're the victims of it but what are the same ways the way certain people are towards us how are we that way towards other people is there any areas that you see yeah i i think so i think by human nature we all and this is this the the the, the psychology of humans sociology of humans is that we all come to the table with certain biases. Our biases could be cultural. Our biases could be uh, racial. It could be um, uh, sectional, different parts of the country. Regional, that's the word I'm looking for. It could be regional. It could be national. Um, we all come with biases. And so I believe one of the blind spots of, 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 of Black America is we had racism perpetrated against us. We had bigotry or oppression perpetrated against us. And we kind of shun other groups, other subgroups. Uh, we don't all treat Hispanics like we should. We think that they're others. We don't treat Asians like we should. And I'm gonna say something else. Somebody, it might be controversial, I don't care. Uh, I'm secure. Um, we treat homosexuals as others. Um, and my thing is, if oppression is okay in my house, I mean, if oppression is to be fought against in my house, it should be fought against in every house. Martin King said, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. And so we gotta, we gotta get rid of, that's a great, wow, that's a great question. And it causes, it causes us to think about our own inherent biases that um, we try to project on other people. I know several people who say that they're the biggest issue they have with a lot of Christians, whether it's <coughs> believers, ministers, pastors, so forth, is that we are not willing to, we're only willing to go so deep, but we're not willing to go deeper. Even when it comes to um, the Bible and how it's presented, some would argue that there's older versions than what's been presented to us. And we're not willing to look into that, even to go back to uh, Africa and to go back further into um, 
biblical teachings that that dates predates before what we've even been presented um is that one of those things that could be a divide i don't i don't know what you know about that i don't know if you've heard anyone say anything about that but they say you just get stuck on the white man's version of how they they presented the bible to you well i, I mean i have are you are you saying that like with regard to maybe a divide to where there's a lot of people who won't they just disconnect and they won't even if I mention something to say, uh, look at an African transcript that predates, you know, any biblical text. I know a lot of Christians. Oh, no, I don't want to see none of that voodoo. And they'll just they they, they originally just call it voodoo, but they, they're like literally afraid to even read or to find out more about something. that could predate. I, I, I mean, if, 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 if I'm going to be, you know, transparent, I, I'm sure. I mean, there was a great time that I didn't accept a lot of the things that I accept now, but and I think that that's a part of growth. Um, uh, but I think you have to be open to it. And I think that a lot of us, uh, whether we're black or white, Hispanic, uh, Asian, Indian, whatever, uh, I think uh, for anything, Q, we have to be open to growth. And um uh, I'll end by saying this. Sometimes um, we have to make the choice. So when I think about the Great Divide, I think it absolutely exists. And if I'm going to be honest, I don't see it unexisting anytime soon. Um, and I just think it, it needs to be aware. So when somebody says, um, you know, uh, are you a, a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter? Um, really what that's trying to get you to is down into an argument where you reveal who you are. And I'm going to tell you, I read a post today that somebody said, because they were asking in, in this preacher forum, uh, if you voted for President Trump, can you give us some examples of why or some reasons why? And another pastor wrote in there, uh, Anyone who is a black pastor who voted for Trump is not going to uh, volunteer and tell you why, because they fear. Not in that space. Not in that space. Not, not in, he said that not in that space because they fear that they're going to expose what they actually think about themselves. So the great divide does exist. Guys, thank you for having this uh, meaningful conversation with me. Uh, Pastor Lance, God bless you for always uh, agreeing. Uh, Brother Q, thank you for always agreeing to come on. Y'all have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs>